Welcome to This Is Peace, the podcast of Peace Baptist Church located in Decatur, Georgia. On This Is Peace, we're sharing all things peace, sermons, devotions, inspiration, and conversations at the intersection of faith and culture. At Peace Baptist Church, our mission is to make disciples and meet needs. Our number one goal is to help you seek, serve, and share God. Let's jump into today's episode. Amen. And I just thank God for His love and His grace. So good. So good. It's kind of what we want to talk about today. It's kind of what we want to deal with today is how good God is, as wretched as we can be. That His wretched, our wretchedness does not cancel out His righteousness in our lives. As we open up this new series called Breaking Free, as we move towards Easter, I want to take us to a passage that some of us will know. It's in the book of Luke 22. We'll look at verses 25 through 34. Luke, we're going to start at Luke 22 and verse 25 through 34. In the vein of that sermon, of that message, the sermon, amen, wants to land itself. We're going to talk today about breaking free to be the real me. Breaking free to be the real me. And I have a a counter title, if you would, an undertitle, subtitle, Binding Simon to Set Peter Free. Binding Simon to Set Peter Free. We look at Luke 22, verse 25 through 34, is what it says. A dispute also arose among them, talking about the disciples, as as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? It's not the one who is at the table, no, meaning the one who's at the head table, but I'm among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me. I love that so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. This is all that Jesus said during the feeding of, I mean, excuse me, during the, um, the Last Supper when he had them around the table as they were eating together, as he was looking towards the cross. And as he said these words, he continued, because it's kind of strange, he says all these things about giving them kingdoms, giving them authority, Then he turns with great conviction in his voice to Peter, who he doesn't call Peter. He's already named him Peter in Matthew 16. Just a few days before this, he called him the rock. Peter, you're the rock, not Simon. You're not Simon, you're Peter, the rock. And yet he looks at him and he doesn't call him Peter. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan had asked, to sift all of you as wheat. But I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you, Simon, have turned back, strengthen your brothers. 
But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, and he says, then he calls him Peter. I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Let me look back at 31, 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as weak, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Father, help us today. This is a serious message. It's one that's filled with, Lord, drama and trauma, <laughs> but it's also one filled with great expectation. And we thank you, Father, for what you will do in us and through us, Lord God, as we, Lord, yield our Simon to set our Peter free. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen, amen. and amen. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, who are you today? Amen. Who are you? Are you Simon today or are you Peter? Who are you acting like today? I want to preach today about breaking free to be the real us because I would say, I would wager to us that the real us is the one that God has decreed and declared we are. That God in his infinite wisdom has seen us in the totality of who we are and yet he sees us through his son Jesus. I'm so glad, Chucky, that when I wake up, he sees me as my Peter, not my Simon. I may have acted like my Simon all through the day, but somehow before the day ends, that goodness we just sung about, and that mercy that continues to come new every morning, somehow I still, amen, am viewed by God as Peter, not as Simon. One of the greatest possessions in life, my brothers and sisters, is your mind. Satan wages war against your mind. People try to buy peace of mind, but you can't purchase it in a store. You can't buy it over a counter. It's the result of a yielded life to Christ and living in unity with yourself and community with others. It's fragile, peace is. Peace of mind is very fragile. And under pressure, it can be shaken. And most of us lose our peace when pressure comes. Satan attempts to disrupt us and mess up our peace uh, by causing conflict to take place in our life or help us to take our focus off of, as I taught this past Wednesday night Bible study, the will of God. He knows that his best opportunity to move us off God's purpose in our lives is to disrupt our peace because we'll do almost anything to get some semblance of peace, even if it's not from God. He tries to cause us to abandon God's will and to begin to walk in our own will. Today, we will look at Peter's battle for peace and see how Christ fights with us in that battle in our own personal lives. You may be sifted like Satan wants, sifted like Satan wants, but we can still be secure. Come on, amen. So let's look at a man breaking free to be the real me. Here's interesting, amen, this is the Last Supper. Jesus is talking to his disciples. It's his last opportunity because he will leave out of this uh, discourse and he will go into the garden and the soldiers will come and arrest him and he will no, not have another time with them, amen, before the resurrection, before the crucifixion. The context of this discourse, this meal, is the disciples, amen, are gathered around and it's interesting because they have been around the table, amen, 
And, and I like that because the table represents community. The table represents connection. The table re represents oneness. Jesus had brought them around one table. But they are arguing about something that just doesn't make sense. Amen. They are arguing about who will be the greatest in the kingdom to come. Jesus, amen, uh, hadn't even decreed that to them. It's after they're arguing about a kingdom, they ain't even told. He'll tell them after, you know, you read the text. They're arguing in the early parts of verse, verse 25, but the latter, that's when Jesus says, well, I confer on you a kingdom. They arguing about something they ain't got yet. And they're arguing about who going to lead it. Who's going to be the HJIC? The head Jew in charge. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all know that language. They, they, they're arguing about, amen, who's going to be number one, top dog. And they're, they're forgetting their fellowship, their brotherhood, their unity. And Satan has entered in and created discourse, conflict, competing, amen, each other, it, it competing against each other. See, listen, this is a sermon all by itself, but when, you, when your aim is power and control, what happens is you counsel out community. When, we, when, when it's all about power and it's all about you and it's all about who's going to be in charge, amen, you, you counsel out community that God wants, unity that God wants among us. That's a whole other message by itself. Jesus says, don't act like that. He says to him in the text, we read it already, amen, he keeps saying, he said, now don't act like that, y'all. Don't act like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he warns them not to act like that. He says, let God do the thing. Don't compromise your relationships with each other, amen. Don't do that to advance your own agenda. Their focus is off and Satan has taken advantage and all it takes is just like that. You can be in the middle, in the middle of, amen, a wonderful, amen, a unity binding time and Satan will just show up. Jesus says to Peter in the midst of that, he turns to him and he says, Simon, Simon, says it twice, twice, whenever he says something, whenever you see verily, verily, or Simon, Simon, he's saying, pay attention. This is serious, underline, underscore. It's almost as if he's yelling it. I, I kind of see as they're arguing among themselves and he said what he said, that Jesus might have whispered it, Simon, Simon to him, but I don't think he did that because this is important. I think he yelled it out, Simon, Simon, listen to me, man, amen. Listen to me, Satan has asked for, asked permission for you all, and I'm praying for you, brother, that you hold on, that you don't forget who you are and whose you are. Man, Simon, Simon. Now, now I want you to look at something. If you read it too fast, you'll miss it, because, amen, the, the real Greek of it, and NIV does a really good job of giving us the real context of it. He doesn't say, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you. He says, Satan has asked for y'all. Most of the time when we read this, we think, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan asked for you. No, 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 no. He was after all of them. Satan was asking for, amen, John and Matthew. He was asking for all of them, every one of them. But Jesus says, I'm praying for you that your faith don't fail. And when you're strengthened, then you got to help your brothers because Satan's after them too. To all of y'all, he wants. But I prayed for you. He prayed for Peter. Watch this now. Why did he pray for Peter? Why did he say, why did he say, amen, um, Simon, Simon, he, Satan has asked for y'all, but I'm praying for you. Why did he say, but I'm praying for all of y'all? Because Peter's already been declared in Matthew 16, the rock. You the leader. 
You the head. You, you're the one. You're the one who's supposed to be stronger. You're the one who's supposed to be solid in your faith. And if Satan gets you, he get y'all. You know how, sm how smart and strategic Satan is? That he doesn't have to get a man, y'all. He just has to get whoever is the one people are looking to, the influencer. And if I get the influencer, I got the whole bunch. If I just get the influencer, if I get the person at the top, amen, I can, I, can, I can get. If I get the husband, I got the wife. If I get the father, I got the family. Y'all hear me today. There's some people in our lives who are uniquely called to hold things together. There are people in your life, on your job, people in your friendships, in your family that, 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 that are, are there holding things together to lead, to protect, to watch over lives for a season or for a purpose. That's why the Bible says pray for those in leadership. Pray with those on authority over you. Pray for your parents. Honor your parents. Respect your parents because they're over you. And if he can get them, he got you. It's going to affect you at some level. Pray for the principals in the school. Pray for the presidents over a nation. Pray for the pastors over churches. Your boss on the job holds the deed to your house. I need you to see that your, your, your boss, amen, holds the deed to your house and the title to your car. You think Wells Fargo or Bank of America got it? No, your boss, because he could trip out and act crazy, take all the money out the company, and bankrupt it, and then here you are looking for a job at 50-some years old. Your boss owns the title of your house. So you are obligated to pray for him. God, give the boss at my job, amen, wisdom today. Keep him at peace today. Because if he go crazy, we're going to have a hard time all week. Am I preaching all right already? Jesus tells people, Peter, you get yourself together because you got too much to lose and too many people who are depending on you. Satan is after everybody under your responsibility. You need to think about that. He after everything under your responsibility and every person under your responsibility. So you got to cover those under you. I've always, I'm always aware of the reality that, amen, when temptation comes my way, that I've got to, amen, so many people connected to me that I've got to be careful not to quit, not to fail, not to flounder, not to give up, not to fall from grace, not to give in to sinful choices because all it takes is just one choice. One choice. We see it in the business world, in government. We see it in churches. We see it all over. Tell Satan, you can't have my family. Come on, say it, Satan. You can't have my family. You can't have it. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my job. You can't have my, my, my friendships. You can't have my future, my destiny. You can't have it. That's why you can't afford to lose your mind, your patience, your power. The Lord's, amen, presence needs to be in your life because God is holding you together. And as he's holding you together, you holding up mama and daddy and brother and sister and friendships and company and family and church. You holding up folk. Somebody got to be the rock. Somebody got to have uh, a word, amen, um, so that everybody can win. Somebody's got to be in that place, and God may have placed you there. Somebody got to be the watchman on the wall. Somebody has to keep their peace when everybody else loses theirs. We all can't be messed up at the same time because we're going to be in trouble. 
So let me give you three things, and I'm going to let you go. Here's some things you need to understand that when you're being sifted, when you're being sifted, how you need to respond. Here's number one. Don't let your Simon counsel out your Peter. Don't say it with me. Don't let my Simon counsel out my Peter. Amen. There is an old you, no matter how long you've been saved, that old you is still there. The residue of that old you, that sinful nature, that flesh is still there. When you got saved, your old self didn't die. Not completely. Amen. He's subdued. That, 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 that uh, flesh man, that sinful man is pushed down, pushed back. Oh, but he's still there. Scripture tells us in the book of Romans and throughout the Paul's writings and other texts, it's subject to the spirit, but it can resist the spirit. You don't have to cross. The old you, your Simon is still there. Just say with me, my Simon is still alive. <laughs> the flesh, the Bible calls it the flesh, or the sinful nature, or the corruption. Amen. He talks about that. Um, they exist, the spirit exists at the same time as the sinful nature. And when Jesus deals with us, he knows it. He knows we're schizoid. He knows we're wretched and righteous at the same time, that we are saved and sinful, that we are Christian and carnal, that we are Simon and Peter. <laughs> Just turn them on one more time. Who are you today? You didn't ask the answer last time. Who are you today? Who are you wake up at? Come on, son. I've been referring back to Matthew 16, but let's look at that for a quick moment. Matthew 16 is interesting, amen, because he says to him, amen, in Matthew 16, 16 through 19, uh, verse number 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, because Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? They're in Caesarea Philippi, and he says, who do men say that I am? Uh, and, and, and Peter, Simon Peter answered, you, I love that, the Bible, I just love the way the Bible's written, y'all. It just, it has both of them at the same time saying it. It's Simon and Peter speaking truth, glory to God, but behind it is God really helping the Peter to come forth, because the Simon's still there. Anyway, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you that he speaks to his Simon, Simon, son of Jonah. He doesn't speak to him as Peter. Simon, son, oh boy, you, you live it better than you were. Simon, son of Jonah, for this, is, this has not been revealed to you by the flesh and blood, but by, by the father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, and then he changed his name, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Oh my God, hallelujah. And Peter's got that and, they are, and then Jesus, amen, they, they go a few more verses, a couple more things go on and then uh, Jesus tells them about his death and I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to die. We're going to leave Caesarea Philippi. We're going to walk the 70 miles down to Jerusalem. They're going to crucify me. I'm going to die. And then Peter said, ain't nobody, nobody going to kill you because I got your back. And then Jesus turns to him and, and, and he says to him these words in verse 23. He turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Now, he turned to Peter, but he spoke to Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. He says to him, he looks to Peter, but he knows right now you ain't acting like the rock I made you. You acting like the devil. 
But sometimes you Simon, sometimes you Peter, and then sometimes you Satan. And right now, I'm going to call you, yo, I'm going to call you how you acted. Satan, you're a stumbling block to me. It's interesting. J Jesus says that, amen, he is uh, a, 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 a Peter, a rock, amen, calls him a saint, but just a few verses later calls him a sinner, calls him Satan. Y'all know him. He calls him Satan because we have not, he, he's not learned yet to trust the word of God. He goes in verse 17 from Simon to verse 18 to Peter, back in verse 23 to Satan. Y'all know in one day, come on somebody, you can wake up one day. <laughs> By the time you get home, you, who in the world walked in the door tonight? Sometimes you have to go come in and just turn around and go back, come back in. <laughs> Anybody ever do that? Let me, hold on, let me just start. Let me start this conversation. Let me start this day all over again. Jesus calls the same person all three names. Simon, unstable. Peter, the rock. Satan, the deceiver. It's amazing that in a few verses, he can go from being unstable to being the devil. And then all of a sudden, when, gets, when pressure gets rough, that's what happens to us. We, we, we do some crazy stuff. We act out of our name. Under pressure, we act like we have lost our mind. Like Job did. Do you ever read the book Job? Job is a schizoid book. Job one minute says, I will trust the Lord. And then the next one he says, curse be the day that I was born and, ble and, and curse be the, the breast that nursed me. He not only curses himself, he curses his own mama for even having him. Then he'll turn around the next minute and say, the Lord knows my way. I shall go forth as pure gold. And then the next minute he'll say, woe unto me, for I am undone. I'm cursed among men, he'll say. This is the Christian life, up and down, up and down. I, my, my, one of the verses, chapters I go to quite, quite frequently is Romans 7. Amen. The, the good that I would do, I, the evil I don't, I, the good that I would do, I don't do. I do the evil that I hate. But, and he keeps, and Paul, even in one chapter, in chapter Romans 7, he keeps going back and forth between carnal and Christian, between being a man wretched and righteous. And he just said, I don't understand myself. Anybody know that? Anybody has come to the place to understand yourself? If you, you ever get there, write a book. It'll be a bestseller. Because it's part of the human condition. Jesus, a man, sees your Simon, my brothers and sisters, and still loves you. That's the beauty part of this. See, the part of this that makes me want to shout when I read verse 31 and 32 is that Jesus can see Simon. And no, it's Simon, but still loves him. Only Jesus can do that. Some see your Simon one time and they want to throw you away. You show your Simon to one person, hey amen, that date is over. That job interview is over. You, you show your Simon one time, that friendship is over. You're not going to have any more opportunity to do anything when you show your Simon. Hey amen. In fact, a good way for you to pick your spouse or to pick friendships are people who can see your Simon and your sainthood and yet still love you. See your Simon and your sainthood together in the same place and say, you know what, I still love you. That's how you find your spouse. That's how you find good friends. That's how you want those kind of people around you in your life. You just turn to your neighbor and ask, can you see my Simon and still celebrate me? Or do I always have to pretend to be perfect? Do I always have to go through life with a mask on? Or can I be real and show you me? 
Oh, Lord. Are y'all okay out there? My brothers and sisters, amen. And, and if you would be honest, there are some Simons left in you too. No matter how long you've been saved, how much word you know, or what title you have in the kingdom of God, there's some Simon in all of us. Let someone say something wrong to you. Simon going to show up. Let somebody treat you wrong or cheat you or do something. Amen. Simon will show up quick. Reporting for attention and for duty, rather. <laughs> Simon will show up. Simon knows how to crank your box so that you let Jack out the box. He knows how to push those buttons. What, what, what excites me, Satan knows how to do that, but what excites me about this text is not what Satan is doing or what Peter is not doing. It's what Jesus is doing. Because what Jesus does blows my mind. He says, I'm praying for you. He says, I'm praying for you, Simon. I'm praying for you. I need somebody to praise God that Jesus is praying for your Simon. I, I want you to thank, thank God right now, amen, that when your Simon showed its backside, Jesus showed up. He prayed for you. Because people talk to each other about your Simon. They put your Simon on Facebook. People shake their head at your Simon. People paint, amen, uh, they point the finger at your Simon, amen. But what Jesus does is he prays for your Simon. Somebody ought to give God a praise for that. Thank you, Lord. He prays me through the weak moments of our lives. He, I'm glad he prayed for us, for me, for you. The reason I that you and I did not lose our mind is because, amen, not because people didn't make it hard. It's because Jesus, amen, prayed. It was Jesus' prayers that got you through. It was Jesus, amen, intercession that got you through. And you need to give him a big praise right now for him getting, oh, come on, somebody, give him praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wouldn't be here if he hadn't prayed. That's my point number one. Here's point number two. Being sifted doesn't mean you're not safe. Being sifted does not mean you're not safe. God will at times allow Satan to sift us. That, that, that's an interesting piece in that text too. J Jesus knew that Satan was coming and he allowed it. He says he asked permission to do it. And Jesus allowed, God allowed Satan to sift for his divine purpose, for God's divine God will let the devil sift you. He'll let the devil cut you down, walk on you and throw it. That's what sifting happens. When you sift, sifting is, back in the day, they, wheat, they would sift, they would cut the wheat down at the ground. They would let the animals walk on it to crush it more. It would stay in the field and put the animals and let the animals walk on it, amen, to crush it. And then they would take it and throw it into the air and let the wind winnow it. It's called winnowing. And they would winnow, the, and, the, and the, the, the wind would separate the wheat or from the chaff or from the, the, the straw. The straw would blow away, and the part that remains, the good part, would remain. So he would let the enemy, God would allow the enemy to cut you down, let people walk on you, throw you into the wind so that the faith that is important will fall to the ground, so that the insignificant will blow away. And Satan will allow that. Yes, he will. He will allow that. 
He did it to Job. We talked about Job earlier, but look at Job. Job, God, God, God is in heaven uh, with the angelic host, the Bible says in, the, in Job 1, amen, and, and Satan is present too. That's, that blows my mind right there. That's a whole other sermon myself. Never think that even in the holiest places, Satan's not going to show up. He shows up. Let me tell you, you don't come to church every Sunday, but he do. Yeah, he here. He already got his seat. He got his, he got his favorite place to sit. I don't care how wonderful the worship, how powerful the preaching, how friendly the fellowship, Satan will show up in every conversation and worship services on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with you. He shows up. But, and, and God, amen, asked Satan uh, in, in the book of Job, where you been? Where you been, bro? It's like they, you know, how, you know it's like they're getting ready to start the meeting. Where you been? He said, well, I've been around the earth looking for somebody to mess up, to corrupt. I've been walking to and fro just finding some crazy folk that don't have their mind stayed on you and just kind of corrupting them. God says, well, when you, when you were doing your looking around, did you stop by Job's house? He said, no, I, I tried to go by there before. I've tried a couple times, but you have a hedge, a gate around him, and I couldn't get to him. Because, see, Satan has to ask permission to come I can't, I, can't, I can't get to him because there's a hedge about his life. Satan is trying to get to Job, but he can't because of the hedge. I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, thank God it's there. Now, 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 now listen, you missed a, a, even a greater shout because the hedge lets you know that we are protected and Satan cannot get to you or me because of it. I was looking, I was trying, but I couldn't get there because there was a hedge. We, 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 we ought to celebrate the time Satan wanted to get to us but couldn't because of the hedge. There are times he wanted to come after us, but he couldn't because God blocked it. So God puts Job on the, act, on the auction block. Puts him on an auction block like, 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 like they did back in the 1800s, the slavery. And, 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 and says, bid on him. Job, righteous Job, and he gives the devil permission to mess with Job, and sometimes he gives the devil permission to mess with us. Oh, Lord. In our text, Jesus uh, uh, says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked permission to sift you like, Satan came, said, can you remove the hedge a little while? I need you to take the hedge off of him. Amen, because I've been trying to get to him, but I can't. Would you remove the hedge? He just can't come in on his own. Satan can't just come on his own in your life. He has to ask permission. He needs a permission slip. He got to stop by the principal's office to have a right to be on campus. You can't go to no school in Georgia and just walk in like it was when I was growing up. Mama could just, mama could just walk in when I was growing up. <laughs> You acting up in school, you show your mama, nobody knows she there, but she does, principal don't know, she don't ask no permission from the teacher to come in. She walk in, walk in there, I'm sitting in the classroom. I'm gonna sit in the chair right next to you. Mamas can't do that no more. They gotta go by the principal's office and get the principal's permission or get somebody's permission and put a little tag on them to let folk know you're supposed to be here. Satan had to go to the office and get a tag and sign in before he could walk into that territory of Job or Peter. He had to walk in, and in your life as well, in my life, he just can't come in on his own. And if God allows him to come close, it's because God has 
equip you with what you need to withstand the attack. If, if Satan shows up in the territory of your life, it's because God has equipped you with what you need. Every struggle you face, please know God has given you what you need to withstand it. Amen. Amen. He gives you a way of escape. He gives you a way to be able to endure it. You have the power to overcome. I don't know why God allows bad things to happen, but I know that Satan has to play by the rules. He got to play by the rules of God's sovereignty. He got to play by the rules of the sovereign demands of God. <laughs> he can't supersede the demands of God and the commands of God and the authority of God. He has to submit to God's so sovereignty, amen, to even touch us, to deal with us, to whisper in your ear. So know that God will help you get through it. Some of you right now in the sifting process, being cut down, walked on, being thrown to the wind, let me tell you, God is there to help you. God is helping you, and he has given permission for this to happen, and there's got to be a reason for the rain and a purpose for the pain. That is divine. See, Jesus tells Peter that I prayed for you Here's what I'm praying. Not that Satan won't attack you. Not that you won't go through hard times. Not that, amen, uh, that the hedge will stay up. No, I've let him, I've lowered the hedge so he can come a little bit, amen. But here's what I'm praying. That in the attack, amen, you will stand up in it and that you will not lose your faith. I'm praying that even as you look at the enormous challenge and temptation and threat that is coming in your life, that you will not at the same time see your faith fail. That you'll hold on to what I taught you. You'll hold on to the trust and belief that you have in me. That the faith that you have will outlast, outweigh, outpace the trial you face. Hallelujah. That the faith I've given you is weightier and stronger and has more endurance than any test or trial, amen, that comes into your life. Somebody ought to give God a shout of praise. That just mustard seed faith can speak to a mountain, mustard seed faith, can, can cause demons to tremble, mustard seed faith can stop a man, a man you from being destroyed. Even if everything is stripped away, you'll still have the most powerful commodity that any human could ever possess, and that is faith in God. Because with faith in God, you can stand against a man, the onslaught, uh, onslaught of the devil. Don't forget what you know and who you know. Let your faith stand up. Satan is not after your money, beloved. He's not after your marriage or your car or your home or your career. He wants your faith. And so you need to pray when you pray. Here's what you always pray. Lord, help me to hold on to my faith. Lord, he's coming with me every kind of thing, every kind of temptation, every kind of thought. We're going to deal with thought life. We're going to deal with all that in this series. We're going to help you to break free. Amen. Understand. But in the whole process, God, whatever I have to go through, whatever you allow to happen, whatever comes my way, help me to hold on to my faith. Let my faith be strong. Let my faith carry me through. Let my faith give me the victory. Because if he gets my faith, he got my worship. If Satan gets my faith, he has my prayer life. If he gets my faith, he's taking my peace. If he gets my faith, he's taking my family. If he gets my faith, somebody give God a praise and say, devil, you can't have my faith. You can touch the money. You can touch whatever. Fine. If God allows that, I'm going to trust God. But one thing you cannot have is your, my faith. And that's what Jesus prays for for Peter. That's what he prays for for you and me. He prays that our faith won't fail. Because if you keep on your faith, you can get back everything the devil took. Faith, faith, faith not fail. 
faith not fail. In Greek, it's, 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 it is the word eklapo. Eklapo, eklapo, it means eclipse. He says, don't let, your, don't let the trial eclipse your faith. I'm praying that your faith not fail. Uh, eklapo means to eclipse. The moon blocks the sun, doesn't it? And we get an eclipse. When the moon or if certain planets block the sun, particularly the moon, the one we see the greatest, amen, when the moon is, uh, is, blo is blocking the sun, we get a solar eclipse. Doesn't stop the sun from shining. When, when the eclipse happens, the sun behind the moon is still as bright as it was, as potent and powerful as it was. Doesn't destroy, the eclipse does not destroy the sun, but it gets in the way of the sun so that the light of the sun won't burn you so that you won't be affected by the sun. It cancels out the effect of the sun for just a few moments. That's an eclipse, eclapo. Jesus says, I'm praying when Satan comes at you and wants to burn his lasers into your life, that, 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 that your faith will stand up like an eclipse. And it may not stop the arrows from coming, but you can quench them with the Y'all know the Bible, don't you? Ephesians 6. You can, you, can, you can quench them with the shield of faith. Shield of faith will quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Won't stop the enemy from coming. Still as powerful, as potent, but when, oh, y'all don't hear me, but, 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 but where you are, it won't have an effect on you. It won't burn you. It won't impact you because I'm, I'm praying your faith will rise up and give a solar eclipse to the satanic attack of the devil. Somebody ought to give God a shout of praise. Give God a praise, amen, for your faith. So when Jesus prays for us, it's an eclipse that he's praying for, where he gets in the way, that our faith gets in the way of evil that wants to shine on us. Somebody need to yell, block it, Jesus. <laughs> when Satan, amen, tried to come and take you out, just yell, block it, Jesus. <laughs> when folk talk about you like a dog, amen, you say, Lord, I need an eclipse. When Satan wants to take away your peace, amen, Lord, I need an eclipse. He can't have my joy. He can't have my hope. He can't have my destiny. He can't have my future because my faith becomes an eclipse to the effect of the enemy. Isn't that good stuff? My, my brothers and my sisters, amen, when you are being sifted and you will be, enemy will try and God himself will even allow it. But don't worry because he'll pray for you. And he's not praying that you won't necessarily go through the hard time because part of the hard time is how faith is built. Faith is built in those trials. I remind you at least monthly that Christianity's symbol is a what? Cross. It's not a beach umbrella. It's not a wine glass. It's a cross. And faith is built upon a cross. It's built upon trust and belief that no matter what comes, no matter how bad it is, even if to the point of death, there is resurrection, that this too shall pass. Hallelujah. Give God a praise, somebody, because, whoo, Paul says, you're more than a conqueror. <laughs> Everybody want to be a conqueror? No, no, I'm more than a conqueror. 
I'm more than a conqueror because, amen, I, I rise. Still I rise. Come on, Maya. For each, each, each of these, amen, challenges of being sifted, don't allow your Simon to counsel out your Peter. Being sifted does not mean you are not safe because in verse 32, Jesus prayed for you that your faith didn't fail. Here's the last point, and I'm going to let you go. For each problem, Christ has already worked out a solution. He already worked it out. You hear trying, who are all? Hey, how this going to work out? He already worked it out. Amen. Even before Satan asked permission, he all, God already knows how he going to use the enemy's request to build you and I, my, your, your, my faith and your faith up. Simon, Simon, he says to him in verse 32b, it says, and when you are turned back, strengthen your brothers. I love that. Yeah, you Simon, I got you. And, and, and he won't all y'all, I know, but I'm praying for you because you're the leader. And I'm praying, amen, that your faith, because the other brother's going to need you to help strengthen them because they're not as strong as you are, and they're going to need you to be there. They're going to need you to be there for them. And, they, and, 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 and you're going you're gonna to have to strengthen them, amen. But here's the good news. I already see you blessed. I already see you healed. I already see you, Victoria. Oh, somebody ought to give God a praise. God, only God can see the sifting and the salvation at the same time. He can see, give God a praise. I see the attack, but I also see the victory. He can see it. I see it at the same time, at the same moment. And Simon, Simon, I'm talking to you, but I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to the Peter in you, the rock that you are, because the rock will stand. The rock will be solid. And when you are delivered, when you are converted, when you are, amen, strengthened, amen, you need to strengthen others. When? Satan is coming, number one, yeah, but you'll survive it. Satan is coming, yeah, number one, but you will bounce back. Satan is coming, yes, but he will not succeed. Yes, Satan will come, but you will not go crazy. Yes, Satan is coming, amen, but what he is doing will not work for you. Come on, somebody, you will survive. Say, I'll tell somebody, I will survive, I will survive. Jesus prophesied to Peter. It's a prophecy. He's prophesying to Peter, you're going to make it when you get back, when you get up. Prophesied to Peter in the present about a blessing in the future. He can see it all at the same time. You need to learn to give God praise over an answer to a problem that hadn't even showed up yet. Somebody said, why are you crying? Why are you shouting? Why are you? Because I'm praising God, amen, that his goodness is running after me. That's what y'all were crying and praying for and praising for just a few minutes. Amen. His goodness is taking over. His, his goodness and his mercy is falling behind. His goodness and his mercy showing up in all the days of my life. I've seen goodness and mercy follow behind me. And, and he says, when you are delivered, go and help somebody else. I love that. I love that. I love don't don't just miss any morsel of this. He says when you are delivered cuz you're going to be delivered, don't spend so much time shouting about your deliverance. Don't just sit around and have a party about how the Lord helped you. Yes, that's good. We're great. But there are others bound too. 
There are others that want as strong as you are, and your faith can help them. And so maybe they don't have the faith that you have to bounce back. So what you do as a strong man of God who's overcome the attack of the enemy, you go and find weaker people, and you let them see your eclipse of faith. You eclipse the enemy's impact in their life. You stand in the gap for them. Somebody ought to give God a praise. Turn to somebody and tell them, you may not be as strong as I am. And so I'll step up. I'll pray for you. You pray for me and we'll watch God change things. Somebody give God a praise. Glory to God. Somebody give God a praise. Thank God somebody stepped in to eclipse the attack when I wasn't weak, when I wasn't strong enough. I know it's true. I know there were mothers and people, church members and leaders and other pastors and people who prayed for me when I wasn't able to do it for myself. He says, when you get strong, you need help somebody else. Because see, you can't help anybody when you are not free yourself. Because, see, don't try to help them until you free, Peter. Don't try to go help until you get deliverance, Peter. You ain't got to be always because you always going to have a little Simon and a Peter. And sometimes you can slip into being, a little, you know, acting like the devil too. Amen. But, it, but, but, but don't do it when you all Simon. Amen. You got to take care of your Simon. And when your Peter rises up, go help somebody else. But don't be trying to help people in your Simon. Make sure that you are standing in your Peter. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. Many people are messed up because... Because we Christians keep trying to help them as Simon, but they don't need Simon. They need Peter. Turn to somebody and tell them, I need you to come to me as Peter, not Simon. Simon can't help anybody the way Peter can. So let Peter rise. Let faith call Peter up. Surrender your Simon so your Peter can come forth. Let go of your Simon right now in this place. Lord, I let go of my Simon. I let go of the flesh. I, it's still there. It's going to be there today I die. And the only way it's going to live, die rather, is that when I die and salvation is complete, I'm justified by faith. I'm being sanctified every day, but one day I'm going to be glorified. And that old man, that old sinful nature, that old flesh is going to be put under. Amen. And I won't have to struggle with it. And I'll know joy. And I'll know love. And I will be, amen, that, that, that which, which you, you, you called me to become. Amen. But, 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 but until then, until that time, I'm going to do everything I can to kill the Simon I see. I'm going to kill the Simon I see. When I hear Simon come out of my mouth, I'm going to rebuke myself. When I... Oh, and, when I see that my hands and my feet are going where Simon likes to go, I'm going to slap, I'm going to cut it. Jesus says, you got to learn how to cut off your right hand if it offends you. You got to learn how to pluck out your eye. He's not saying for you to cut your hand off, to be lame or pluck out your eye to be blind. He says, you got to be in charge of your own deliverance sometime. You got to have the common sense to be able to know when you're not acting like a saint and you're acting like a sinner. And what you got to do is you got to, amen, rebuke Simon so Peter can come. Somebody give God a praise in this house. You don't need a preacher or a pastor or a minister or a mama or a daddy to tell everything in your life that you know you're doing wrong. You know it yourself. So you rebuke your own Simon. So your Peter can appear. 
you are equipped with much more than you think. Not because you carry a Bible and you got Bible memory verses in your head or a degree or just because you're a member of a church, but because you're qualified because of the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, the prayers of Jesus that has brought us this far by faith. Somebody say, I've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet, and I'm going to trust him. I failed him many times, but he's never failed me yet, and I'm going to push Simon down so Peter can come. And then when Peter shows up, when the rock appears, when faith has eclipsed the attack of the enemy, I'm going to find somebody else who needs my faith. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand in the gap for them. And we're going to watch God do a great and mighty work to keep all of us in perfect peace as our minds are stayed on him. Let's give God a shout of praise, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this. Thank you for this word today as we start this series on breaking free. We want to be free, but we first have to, Lord God, be honest about the times when we're acting like Simon and not responding like Peter. So, Father, over these next several weeks, give us help. Show us in your word how we can be better and do better so that, Lord God, we will know what victory feels like. We will be able to show others what victory looks like. And so that we will, Lord God, be able to stand, having, as Paul says, done all to stand. We give you thanks and praise for this today in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for those who are struggling in their faith. I pray for those who are vacillating, Lord God. They are schizoid in their operation. I pray, oh God, that you will bring perfect peace to them. Lord God, help us, Lord God, to trust you and believe you, even when we are under attack. And we'll give you the praise and glory now and forevermore. And all God's children shouted, amen. amen. And amen. And amen again. And amen one more time. So be it, Lord. So be it, Jesus. So be it, Lord. Come on, somebody say, so be it, Jesus. So be it. You want to turn your life over to Christ, this is the moment to do that. You don't have to live as Simon. Simon is not successful. Simon is conflicted. Simon is depressed. Simon is anxious. Simon is not whole, but Peter is. And you can be Peter. All you got to do is say, Lord Jesus, I believe. You got to be like, like, like Peter did in Matthew 16. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. When you make that confession, it's on that confession of faith that Christ builds the church, that God builds faith, that everything, everything, everything comes from that belief that Jesus is the Christ. He is the rock. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door. He is the shepherd. He is the bread. He is our all in all. And all you got to do is put your trust in him. And if you believe that Jesus died on the cross and his death was penalty and payment for your death, for your assignment to ultimately be destroyed, not only in time but in eternity, if you believe that and you believe that he alone has the power to bring you into a place of faith and trust and belief, I encourage you to turn your life over to Christ. To say, Lord Jesus, I want to be saved. Forgive me of my assignment. Forgive me of sin. Forgive me of the things that I've done wrong. Help me, Lord God, to rise up and to be the man, the woman, the person that you've called me to be. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. 
If you're ready to take the next step in your journey with Christ, we want to celebrate with you. We also have some resources to help you on your journey. Text YES to 470-380-0067. To find out more about Peace Baptist Church, head over to our website at thisispeace.org. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Peace.